This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and an energy worker and a channel. And um, I do readings. I do tutoring. I do energy work and coaching. Also, at tdjacobs.com are quite a lot of energetically programmed crystals to help you with your upgrade consciousness-raising healing path. And also uh, 16 books uh, that I've authored or channeled. So this is a Lilith diary. I've focused on the archetype of Lilith for years, and most of my website traffic now, in fact, are, uh, comes from people searching for information on Lilith. Uh, Lilith Healing the Wild, which is on Kindle and Amazon and also on uh, tdjacobs.com, uh, is my best-selling book, and I rarely promote it. I actually promote other things, and I'm constantly developing new work, but the Lilith teachings are core to how I view what a human is and what human life is about. Um, also on my site, there's a, a, I think it's about 70 or 80 minute talk on Lilith uh, called Lilith Healing the Wild, and also a seven hour uh, Lilith intensive MP3 course, which takes you deeper into the archetype with a lot more explanations, building on what's in the book. Uh, Lilith healing the wild and making it more practical and explaining more about uh, daily life with it. So this is a Lilith diary. One of the things about uh, Lilith is a body embodiment and a body-centered awareness, connection to the lower chakras, specifically the root chakra. Uh, we've been taught to demonize and fear the Lilith archetype because it's about the natural, wild, feminine. The feminine energy just is while masculine energy in any form seeks to direct, shape, or control. So getting in touch with Lilith means getting in touch with our bodies and recognizing that they are extensions of nature and that the wisdom of the natural world actually is in our root chakra. The wisdom of the cycles of nature, of birth and death, all of these things, uh, the need for you know sickness to purge the body of an infection, the need to you know eat what our bodies tell us to eat. All of this is the wisdom of the natural world in our root chakras. So we've been taught to fear the wild, and we've been taught to shame what can't be controlled and attempt to eradicate it or run it out of town, but, but shame and abuse and punish all that is feminine and use all that is feminine. So this is a space where I've been since 2007, a little earlier, but I kind of codified my first thoughts on it in one article called Notes on Lilith, which is on my articles page, on the Lilith pages at tdjacobs.com. Um, but I've been thinking about it for you know a long time, and I did write a True Black Moon Lilith NATO report that will be out soon through uh, Astrolabe, a uh, major software, uh, astrology software publisher. It's not available right now through my site, but but hang on, I will definitely announce that when that happens. Um, and during the rest of November now, so today's the 25th, until the 30th of November, you can get $25 off a personalized, hour-long, MP3 pre-recorded Lilith reading. It's not a live convo, but it's a pre-recorded reading. Usually these are 145, and I, I don't tell people they can get a Lilith reading. Some people occasionally request it, uh, but I'm inspired by what I'm going to tell you about my experience with Lilith the last month or so, <laughs> and um, with my you know, reconnecting with my own uh, Lilith energy. And so I'm inspired, so I'm offering this deal till the end of the month. So go to tdjacobs.com, look for consultations, 
you'll see the picture of a chart or uh, on the on the home page and um, under pre-recorded mp3s the little thing through the end of November is the second thing on there that's 120 bucks instead of 145 if you afterward you hear this and you want a Lilith focused reading you can get it just do the 145 I'm happy to focus on the, this archetype and in the readings uh, when you ask for Lilith uh, you're gonna get the true black moon Lilith which is the oscillating apogee and that's what we you know that the, that that point that is the function of the moon's imperfect orbit around the earth which is about the wild and also the asteroid Lilith which is about activism social work, being an advocate for underserved, undervalued, marginalized, fringe populations, uh, and going against the status quo, but not necessarily rebelliously, but kind of just not able to fit within the bell curve 100%. The asteroid Lilith represents a very mild expression, typically. There could be a lot of anger with the activism, etc. But the true Black Moon Lilith is a raw, visceral, primal experience of deep emotion and uh, all this kind of stuff. So anyway, spending an hour covering both of those for you, house sign aspect, if it's involved in the karmic story, how to remedy things, you know, really looking uh, at the chart as a whole, focused on those two, uh, that asteroid and that point. So that's till the end of November. So what's been going on with me? I thought maybe I'd do a little audio journal for a couple minutes every few days, uh, you know, from the last month. And I realized what I was dealing with was so personal that it, I think I would be embarrassed to tell the whole story, frankly. You know, I'm a Scorpio. I like to keep something secret. Over the years in my teaching, I've definitely shared uh, quite a lot of uh, personal stuff in part to give people an example or a model of looking at emotional things that are difficult, looking at personal things, looking at self-judgment, looking at self-sabotaging behaviors, looking at doubt, looking at problems with having faith in life, to try to give a model for people uh, because I, I know what I know, I teach what I teach, I channel what I channel, and yet I'm still a person, of course. I have different issues that are challenging for me. Uh, but I just didn't want to go into this stuff. And... Um, and I can, I can give you an overview today, and I think it will actually be, be instructive. Um, just bear with me. It's kind of a stupidly, <laughs> unnecessarily stupidly complex story. I, um, there was one day in late October. <laughs> my God, I've been in bed all, you know, for weeks. Um, one day in late October when I did this particular stretch that felt like I was lying in bed and I crossed one ankle over the other knee and pulled up. I just do like a little abdominal work that way. And this one day, it just felt funny. And um, the next day, I helped uh, a friend of mine move his household from one house to another house here in Tucson. And I didn't have any problems that day. But fully, I don't know, 24 hours after the moving was over, I had an intense pain in my knee in two places, one above, one below, as if I twisted it. So that really, really hurt. And that pain happened on October 30th. And so I basically got in bed and got ice and was like, whoa, uh, this is, seems a little extreme, you know, for what, I've, for, what I, for what I did, because I didn't actually hurt myself in any given moment. It was a full day later that this pain revealed itself. So over the next few days, uh, I was in bed. And then uh, I couldn't walk, couldn't put weight on my knee at all. 
borrowed crutches from that same friend. He brought them over. And when I, the knee felt well enough, I don't know, four, four or five days later to get up on crutches, maybe three days, I don't know, a little time warp over here. I got up on the crutches and I went downstairs. It's two full flights down to the kitchen. And I, and I lived my life. You know, I took a shower, I made food, I, you know, whatever. And my nephew's birthday was in early November and I wanted to make sure that I mailed his card on time. So on, on the 31st, I went to the post office. I got out of the house and went to the post office. Um, in all that stuff with the steps, not using the crutches, but using the crutches on the steps, I stretched out a tendon in my heel. Basically, I think connector point where the Achilles tendon connects into the bones in the bottom of the foot. So that was excruciating and I couldn't walk, so I got in bed. And uh, so, so that happened and then I was in bed, not moving and in excruciating pain and Reiki, ice, heat, pain pills, literally nothing, not elevating it, nothing helped. Uh, what was else I doing? Uh, turmeric. I was taking turmeric, uh, which is great for anti-inflammatory. And I had done that with the knee, and I could tell with the knee it worked. It really helped. So then I was in bed with this injury, and as that started to heal, other things in my feet started, quote, going wrong, unquote. I had other injuries, muscle problems, tendon problems, excruciating pain, couldn't move either leg without exacerbating it. No way I could get up. So at that point, I decided to, um, I couldn't even use the crutches at all. So I decided to do some water fasting, knowing that the body heals much faster when you're water fasting, knowing that, sure, I could use some cleansing. I've been dealing with high blood pressure in different ways, but I you know, maybe this would be a route to kind of zoom in on the source and really get down in there. Um, and I don't have a problem fasting unless I'm having like emotional crap and I'm eating because of it. And that's really why I'm heavy. But I don't have a problem being hungry. I don't have a problem with it. So um, I decided to water fast and I decided to do it for a long time with the idea of doing deep cleansing for the blood pressure. And sure, I'll lose some weight. That's fine. That's great. And these pains in my feet were excruciating. After the little tendon thing on the heel subsided, the stuff that was going on in my feet was just unbelievable. But, but my digestion had shut down. Because when you water fast after three days, everything stops. Your digestion stops. It's great for cleansing and healing and resting, but it's really bad if you, if you really the fuck need to take a pain pill because it won't get digested. And I had taken turmeric on, I think, day four or five, I guess day five, uh, in hopes it might help because it was just excruciating. And I felt indigestion a little bit. I felt weird lump in my stomach. They're, they're like three little pills. It wasn't like volume-wise, but it was just uncomfortable because the, the stomach acid had shut down. I hadn't woken up the sense of taste. I just took these pills. So... After seven days, three days of feeling this turmeric slowly start to move around a little, I decided to go on a juice cleanse. It's not really a fast. Water fasting is the only fasting there is. I decided to start taking juice. And that would wake up my sense of taste and the saliva and therefore the digestion process. So that started, um, my girlfriend was has been really great, um, you know, emptying the thermos I'm peeing in, 
getting me water, getting me what, you know, doing, doing what she can for me while she lives her life, including a full-time job and her own kind of long-term healing stuff that she's been working with. Uh, so today is day five of the juice of the juicing and I've been able to take ibuprofen every day and it was definitely the right thing to come out of that water fast. But in the process of all that, I did what I could, mostly not really succeeding, but I did what I could to try to deal with the pain. And this is where this Lilith diary, this Lilith story comes in. So I'm lying in bed, not eating. I'm drinking water, peeing into a thermos, and then eventually drinking, uh, you know, drinking the, the juice. But one of the things that I recommend to people that I had to, to try to remind myself to do was just to be with the pain. Because the body is always telling you what's happening through manifesting stuff in your body. So can I listen to that pain? Can I sit with that pain? Can I be with that pain? When it was excruciating, the answer was no. <laughs> and then after I even started taking the um, the ibuprofen and was doing juice, uh, say like on days you know seven, eight, nine, um, or eight, nine, ten. Sorry, after the juice started, it was better. Every time I moved my feet, however, and I couldn't bend them up. I couldn't lift my toes to my knees. And when I would turn over, it would be a problem. Then I decided to be with the pain. What I wasn't going to be with was the ache from lying on one muscle group or one leg too long. So that's what, you know, I would move for that, but I would just do everything I could to just be with the pain. I did, you know, during this process, cry a lot from feeling, you know, that life was over and here I am, now I live in the bed, I pee in a thermos, <laughs> you know, like really kind of, I did cry a lot and I was upset a couple times. A anger only a couple times, maybe three times uh, in the last, you know, two or three weeks, but really um, defeated and feeling depressed. And I talked with my girlfriend about what this might serve. And we talked about how I, I, we, she reminded me, of course, I, I'm aware of it all the time, that I have a karmic issue with uh, feeling a loss of faith and feeling that the universe or God has abandoned me or hates me and is punishing me. It comes out all the time when I'm frustrated. I talk about feeling punished. So that's not really the Lilith part of the story, but that's like, you know, if you want, you know, if the universe wants to conspire and your guides, which they do to, you know, you have a problem having faith, then make it so that if you lie still, you're in pain. And if you move, you're in pain. And you can't eat, you can't move, you can't do anything. And, uh, you, you know, it inspires, until you get over it, inspires helplessness. And that's kind of where I was for a while. But the Lilith part, listening to the body, listening to this pain, being really aware of the physical body in a particular way. And with the advent or the introduction of juice, noticing the effects it has on the body. Noticing when, I didn't get headaches, but during the water fast I would get fevers. And it's a normal part of the process. And as I said, um, the whole complex of issues with emotional eating, I have tended to overeat, not from sadness, but from anger. 
I teach and I think a lot of people know that anger is a response to pain and sorrow and grief. Uh, pain, right? Pain and fear. And uh, so I've been lying in bed thinking about that <laughs> and thinking about, actually thinking about my dad quite a lot. And, and this is one of the things I didn't really, wasn't prepared to talk about days ago, but, but I'll just say it here as far as, you know, me as a person, I, I actually tend to overlook that I had a father for different reasons. And one of the things is that it was, it's been hard for me over the huge parts of my life to accept that I have half his DNA and he contributed to who I am. It's been really, really hard. It's been one of the things in my life, starting when I was about eight years old, that I struggled with and cried over for years and years and years and just had so much depression because I couldn't have the kind of connection that I needed with him. Now, he died um, nine, just a little over nine years ago. And since then, he's come back as a helpful spirit, first, first not processed and trying to get through to me to apologize for how he did and didn't treat me when he was alive. And now that he's getting his, you know, he said at this time in 2007, now that he's getting his education, he apologized because now he sees what I'm doing and he wants to support me. And he didn't get it, so he didn't want to support me and didn't understand when he was alive. So he apologized. And at that point, I was like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to talk to you. Because it was like two weeks after he died, and I was not processed. So then a few years ago, he started coming through to help me with money issues, which has to do with faith in life. And uh, some people's money issues have to do with self-esteem. My money issues, when they come up, because I feel paranoid that the universe hates me and won't support me. And it's all, you know, and if you know, you know, people, you know that all the God crap gets put on the dads by the kids, because when you're helpless and clueless as a tiny person, you look to your parents, they're, they're, they're deities, they're gods, they're the God, you know, God or the gods. So anyway, so I was kind of working with that for years <laughs> and, um, uh, but anyway, I was thinking about him because, um, Toward the end of his life, uh, he ha he had a lot of health problems because he didn't take care of his body, and the only moment that he that we shared that was actual honesty from him saying something true to me, and of course I'll never forget it. And he was wheelchair bound at this point later in his life, and uh, just all these health problems, including diabetes including congestive heart failure, including sleep apnea, and all these things kind of, you know, and just all this whole list of things that comes from metabolic syndrome, that comes from being heavy and not exercising, that comes from eating, comes from drinking too much alcohol. Uh, I didn't really think of it this way growing up, but he was an alcoholic. I didn't really think of it that way. But anyway, this this one day I was I was visiting Ohio, uh, and at that point I think I lived in... in uh, Boston or LA, whatever. It was probably like 2003 or four. And uh, he said to me, um, I know that I wouldn't be in this position if I had taken care of myself when I was younger. And it was the only honest thing he ever said to me. That wasn't a joke or covering something up or distracting with humor or being a smartass or whatever it was. The only thing he ever said that was actually what he truly felt that was a truth for him. And I said to him, I, I'm sorry you're having this, this, I'm sorry you're having this, this 
situation, you know. And that was the only honest thing we ever said to each other, right? So, but I've been thinking about him because also because um, I'm heavy like he was heavy. I have a lot more muscle mass, and I do exercise, and he did for a few years when he had some heart trouble, but he didn't, uh, you know, in his 40s, but he didn't, uh, you know, really do it consistently. He basically took the, the diabetes as a, uh, as a death sentence, and so he lived into that. I think he was diagnosed when he was about 50, and he lived till he was 65. So this futility, this sense of not having faith, this sense of feeling all these things accumulate, emotions and energies accumulate and manifest in the body, I think about him because I see his belly when I look in the mirror. And I see his emotional stuff, some of it, in me. I see his aversion to pain and grief that accumulates. Then the pain and grief accumulate because you don't deal with it. I see that in me. So this has been a very, not only a little time, but it's been a very humbling, uh, you know, making peace with that history time. Um, and I guess I really need to get this up my chest. I thought this was going to be about the Lilith stuff, but uh, bear with me, I guess. Um, maybe somebody finds it useful. Who knows? But, um, also yesterday I did get up on the crutches for the first time, uh, at that point in, I think 11 days, got out of bed for the first time in 11 days, not even like, you know, being on the floor next to the bed. No, just not trying not to move. Um, and I got up there, and I remembered that toward the end of his life, when when he, he had he had uh, watched his third wife pass away, and and she was really the person who made him feel safe. And uh, again, I relate to that because it's just looking for someone to make you feel safe, and I and I relate to that with my Pluto in the twelfth with Venus and uh, grief and loss and that kind of thing, uh, and just fearing, you know, fearing being alone. Uh, he had that too. So this lady, this woman passed away. She had lung cancer that spread to her brain and all over her body. Uh, and she, I think there was a lot of shame because she was a smoker, lifelong. She was in her 60s too, the same age. And um, at that point, early 60s. And uh, she died and he went into a tailspin and couldn't deal. And uh, a family friend that we've known forever ended up getting together with him and they got married and she essentially took care of him and she was actually a nurse as it happens very virgo kind of energy and personality and a kind of long-suffering servant energy to be honest and and uh uh anyway so then a few years in two three years in she was diagnosed with terminal cancer also a small intestine and my dad couldn't handle it he couldn't handle the thought of watching her die so he decided, this is getting intense, it's a, you know, just take a deep breath and throw cords into the earth and get grounded. But i got to tell you this, uh, I think I've told a couple of people, I mean, I don't talk about this, but he decided to go off dialysis, which he was on at that point, knowing he would die. Because he couldn't handle this. So I said to Jillian, my girlfriend, uh, last night when I was telling her about this, uh, and I may have mentioned it briefly, but not in a meaningful conversation that stuck, and she said, oh... Um, you know, she was kind of surprised at this. And, and I said, he basically decided to kill himself because he couldn't handle the pain of watching another loved one, another woman die, uh, his wife. So, <laughs> so he did that. And he had been so depressed the previous few weeks. 
and during that time, it's supposed to take about two weeks, he was told by the doctors. And uh, he had lost weight because he was uh, depressed and he wasn't eating it uh, the same amount. So that it lasted seven weeks because the diabetes came under control. And he was able actually to get up and walk to the bathroom during that time, like after a few weeks. I'm figuring week five or six or something. He was, or, you know, week four or five, six, whatever. He was actually able to do that. And so I've been thinking about that irony of, you know, giving up, being so depressed you don't eat much, losing the weight so you can actually begin to function a little more again as you're on your way to die. And I just think about that human story. I think about, you know, my dad and, and, and work on having, I mean, I'm able now to have compassion for this story. Uh, whereas before, years ago, I, I would have perhaps interpreted it as, uh, you know, typical of somebody so lazy or something like that. But I understand feeling bereft and hopeless. And so even as I say this, I get a little, I'm getting a little emotional because I can see how he's the right father for me, which I've been working on hardcore for years and years and years. So that's part of this Lilith story, because I'm in my body being very aware, you know, that my relationship with my root chakra instinct, you know, my relationship with immunity, with nourishment and sustenance, which is energetically related to this, the, the survival bit of the root chakra, it is all related to my relationship with my dad and my perception of him and his health and his body. Uh, that when I mentioned he did get exercise during a few years, it was because he had uh, open heart surgery in his early 40s. So he was 43, I was 13. Uh, and he had smoked up to that point and his diet was shit and he was a drinker and, and uh, he ate too much and he, you know, he was just kind of a glutton. Like, like honestly, like he had an Aries rising but his Taurus moon was in the first house. And so there's this uh, kind of bottomless pit of pleasure-seeking behavior, is how I interpret it. Not to be too unfair to him, I, I think he would agree as a spirit, like got, he's gotten his education. Uh, he's not here right now, thank God. I can't handle that all the time. But um, yeah, I, you know, kind of a gluttonous behavior. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so, so he walked every day for, I mean, maybe six days a week, maybe every day, but like almost every day for, I want to say three years or so. And he lost weight and he felt good. He felt optimistic. Um, and then just kind of got out of the habit of it. And that was in his, uh, that was in his forties. Well, that happened when he was 43. Well, here I am. Uh, I'm 44. I just turned 44. I'm just really aware that, uh, for all kinds of reasons, I have to simultaneously be grateful for his example while not repeating it. And that's what I've been struggling with for years. How can I be grateful while not repeating it? So back to the Lilith thing. And this is the kind of stuff I'm going to cover in those MP3 readings that I'm doing. I'm, I'm offering those readings because I'm inspired by my sense of feeling more connected to my body. You can hear my voice is different. Like I'm still holding all my crystals. I'm still in that kind of half-channeling space, even though this is just me. It's not an ascended master or an archangel. Or, or somebody's spirit guides. Um, 
but my voice is a little, it's been a little higher the last few days as I've recorded these readings and my mom mentioned it and, you know, on the phone and I just feel less tension and less stuff. And also in the last month, since this all started, uh, I've lost 25 pounds. Some of it will come back when I start eating again. It's normal to water weight. And then you clear your bowels and then you start eating again. There's always something in your tract. Um, but, you know, I just feel so physically different. And that weight in the third chakra, you know, it's it's just a, it's just a subtle shift energetically so I can speak from a different place. I'm not defending myself against whatever it is. My self-consciousness about my weight, my you know, paranoia, my, my interpretation that the universe isn't supportive. And then when people can finally, you know, people can get through a handful at a time to say, yes, you're supported. And I say, yes, I'm grateful. Thank you. You know, but, but this whole like defensive thing is lessening. And so my, my, my voice is different. You know, my energy feels different. Also, when you do a cleanse or a fast, you, you, you calm down and your body slows down and on water, Everything stops except survival. So you're, you know, that's how you start. Your body starts scouring for dead tissue to eat and bacteria and viruses and little cysts or tumors or whatever, as well as, you know, eating the fat you've stored. So things do calm down then. Your energy gets really low. When you add a little juice in, which I've been doing now for today's day five of the juice, you have a little more energy, but I'm still much more calm than I ever am. So the Lilith thing, how we treat our bodies, how we choose food is everything. It's instinct versus mouthfeel. That's a technical term for when fat feels good on your tongue, mouthfeel. It's got a good mouthfeel. Um, uh, you know, something rich and creamy has good mouthfeel. Um, but, but smelling something and a fast and a cleanse will reset your sense of smell as well as your taste buds adapt back to wanting whole natural foods. So, I mean, the the thing I'm enjoying the most, Jillian's been making two kinds of juices for me at my request. One is uh, apple ginger, relying on ginger as an anti-inflammatory thing for all these issues in the feet and the knee. Um, and the other one is carrot, apple, onion, because I had a bag full of raw, a bag of raw onions on the counter. And I was like, oh, what's going to happen to those? Hey, let's juice them. So, so she's been juicing a little onion with carrot and apple and then watering it down quite a lot. So those are the two I've had. Tomorrow we're, we're branching out into uh, adding parsley and cilantro at different times. Uh, just really drawn uh, to add some green in uh, in this process. But I've been doing, um, like when normally when, you, when you're on a water, water fast, you don't need anything. You don't have tea, no gum, no mints. No, you don't even brush with toothpaste. Nothing. Uh, you just let your body shut down and rest. And that that you know, catabol, what is it? Catab. I used to know how to say it. I'm having a problem. Catabolysis, catabolysis, whatever. Where it starts eating your fat and your body's eating itself. Um, that happens, right? And there's cleansing. When you do a juice cleanse, you're actually on a juice diet. But what I was doing was asking Jillian to make about six ounces of juice each time and then fill up this quart jar with water. So I've been drinking super watered down juice twice a day. In the five days, once I did one a day, once per day. Uh, but twice a day, I'm having like 12, 13, 14 ounces of juice. That's, that's almost nothing. 
Like when you are doing a juice cleanse or diet, you're supposed to juice when you're hungry. So you're actually getting calories when you need it. It's not solid food. It's not a ton of calories. But it serves that purpose. So basically where I've been for five days is I'm still having, actually since I took that turmeric on day five of the water fast, I've had hunger. That is at times been painful because my body's waking up and saying, okay, it's time for calories. It's not time to break the fast. I just haven't been juicing enough is the point. So I've been with that hunger and that is, is attuning me to the Lilith energy as well. It's instinct. It's the body. It's not the brain's judgment of hunger. It's not the brain's dissatisfaction with having no mouthfeel, though carrot juice is creamy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very satisfying with mouthfeel. But, you know, not having anything I enjoy eating. Uh, you know, being in that space of the body is doing its natural thing. I'm not eating, so it's eating my fat. I, you know, I'm drinking very little juice, so it's telling me, hey, what's going on? Where, where, where are the calories? So um, it's good, and it's putting your my attention on this. And I will probably do some 7 or 10-day water fasts every few months, maybe two or three times a year, I don't know, going forward. And I will f- uh, water fast one day a week to keep this uh, rhythm of that Lilith sensitivity uh, happening. Um, so my brain doesn't take over the eating thing again, as it has for most of my life and does for most people, by getting off on mouthfeel, by getting off on the feel and the taste of fat, sugar, salt, and all the processed foods, whatever. Um, so, so I, I'm inspired to, I'm inspired about all this stuff. I feel I feel amazing about the about the dad stuff and my my ability to have faith that the body heals itself. That that in itself helps me have faith in life a little more. And I've been there before. I've fasted before, not long water fast, certainly not seven days. Uh, I did 22 days of juice in 2011, and I've done a bunch of maybe three master cleanses, maybe two, I can't remember, and then other short things, one, two, three days of juice and a week of juice here and there. But this has definitely been... Uh, an adventure. Um, and I only stopped the water so I could take the pain pills because of the feet. So, so if you want me to explore the true black moon Lilith and the asteroid Lilith number 1181 in your chart till the end of November, it's 120 instead of 145. Uh, go to tdjacobs.com on the consultations page and check that out. And uh, if you hear this after November, most people will hear this later. You can request a focus on the Lilith archetype and those two bodies in your chart. Thanks for your time and energy. Thanks for witnessing uh, my little emotional story about Lilith and my body and my fat and my dad. <laughs> I hope that uh, I hope that it's in some way helpful or instructive. And uh, take care of yourself. <laughs>